You are listening to First in Human, where we interview industry leaders and investors to learn about their journey to inhuman clinical trials. Presented by Vile, a tech-enabled CRO, hosted by Simon Burns, CEO and co-founder. Featuring special guest host, Rich McCormick, EVP of Clinical Strategy and Head of Oncology. In this episode, we connect with Dr. Ahmed Hamdi, co-founder and CEO of Vincerix Pharma to explore his journey in oncology, the development of groundbreaking cancer therapies, and the transformative potential of Vincerix's bioconjugation platform. Hi, I'm Rich McCormick, Executive Vice President of Clinical Strategy here at Bio. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming co-founder and CEO of Vincerix Pharma, Dr. Ahmed Hamdi, to our First in Human podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Rich, for having me. So in your impressive career, you co-founded Assertive Pharma, played a key role in developing Imbruvica, and now lead Vincerix Pharma. Can you share the journey and milestones that led you to focus on oncology and drive innovation in these cancer therapies? Absolutely. Well, thanks for giving me the chance. As a physician, it is important for me to find cures for patients. I started my career as a urologist, nevertheless, veered into oncology and oncology research earlier in my career. And I always had the concept of morbidity of medicine and trying to find treatments for patients that are safe and effective and doesn't have a lot of side effects. And as my career developed through working research at the CDC, working on a PhD in experimental pathology, focusing on prostate cancer at the University of Colorado. I've always been focused on how do we think of the prognosis for patients. And I I got even more involved in the cancer research, eventually got into the industry, worked on multiple programs and escalating level in my career, eventually became the chief medical officer at Pharmacyclics, where there were several very exciting programs. And first was the BTK inhibitor, which now proved called Imbruvica. The neat thing about it, it was an oral drug that can inhibit a specific receptor on the B cells that are causing different types of leukemia and lymphoma. And as we put it first in human, and we saw responses, it was super exciting to be able to navigate the landscape and where to position it for the patient benefit. At the time, chronic lymphocytic leukemia was really a horrible disease, and only 57% of patients kind of have a response, and they eventually succumb to the disease for multiple reasons. BTK made a difference. More than 87% of patients became responders. Their quality of lives have improved. And really, that was very important for me to see that single oral pill can make a difference in patients' lives that dramatically. But it also had its own problems. I mean, every rose has its thorns. And as we continued developing it, we realized there are issues with fatigue and bleeding and things like that. I was able to luckily find the next generation BTK inhibitor through my colleagues in the Netherlands, which appeared to have much better profile than Imbruvica, specifically not hitting other kinases and therefore the safety profile. That's when myself and my colleagues, we founded Asserta, 
and we embarked on the development of the next generation BTK inhibitor, which now is approved called Calquins. But all in all, the idea is to prevent the morbidity of medicine and to give patients treatments that has a better safety and efficacy profile. Recently, when we started Vincerex, we built a whole company on our bioconjugation platform in hopes to deliver on the concept of antibody drug conjugates, where you have a targeted therapy with a specific profile that doesn't have a whole lot of toxicities and be happy to talk more about it. And the idea is focusing on patient benefit as our main goal. Great. Thanks for that. So you mentioned your Perceptics platform, which seems to be a game changer in bioconjugation. Can you maybe elaborate on how the platform allows the company to tailor therapy? So Perceptics, it's a versatile, adaptable platform where we can combine and link different types of targets with different types of payloads. We can link small molecule drugs to a payload that would enter in the cell and kill it, or we can link it to an antibody that targets specific antigen that's expressed on the cancer cells, release the payload intracellularly, and have the payload trapped inside the cell. We have the capability of different types of targets, whether small molecule or antibodies. We have different types of linkers that cleave intra or extracellularly. We have different types of payloads that can modulate the disease quite dramatically. We also have a very cool modification, we call it the cell trapper, where we trap the payload inside the cell by a certain chemical modification that makes it hydrophilic. You know, the current ADCs, they're all great drugs, but yet have not delivered on the promise. Basically because linkers cleave non-specifically, usually by cathepsin, which is present in every cell, also, payloads that are permeable payloads and specifically microtubulin inhibitors or DNA alkylators or chemo. Here, we have a payload that only cleaves intracellularly by a specific enzyme called legumane that's highly expressed in the tumor tissue. And the payload that we're using is a kinesin spindle protein that basically inhibits the cell during mitosis. And we have a cell trapper moiety that traps it inside the cell. So by that design, the sum of all parts is designed to solve problems of the current ADCs that are in the market or approved that have quite a bit of toxicity profile and decreased efficacy potential. So you recently ran a phase one study in VIP-152 in combination with venetoclax and prednisone. Would you mind maybe just talking us through that combination and how you foresee that treatment possibly changing the landscape for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma? Thanks, Rich. So aside from our bioconjugation platform, we have what we consider as best-in-class CDK9 inhibitor. CDK9 is an important target that people have been trying to target for quite some time. And our compound is an IV compound that can be given once weekly and has a wide therapeutic index. So by not hitting other kinases, you're not having the toxicities that are seen with other kinases. With our CDK9 or VIP152, we inhibit the kinase CDK9 profoundly and long enough to describe an oncogenic shock where the cell reprograms, inhibits the protein, and induce apoptosis. 
In certain malignancies, like double-head diffuse large B-cell lymphoma, which is a really difficult disease to treat, but by definition, double-head, it has BCL2, BCL, MYC, that are rearranged or overexpressed, or BCL6. In our drug, CDK9 inhibitors inhibit MYC profoundly, along with other messenger RNAs like MCL1. So by combining a BCL2 inhibitor and a MYC inhibitor in the population that do express or have those type of mutations, double hit lymphoma, you're really hitting it from different angles. We have monotherapy activity with our VIP152 in double hit diffuse large B cell in a monotherapy setting. Those patients were complete responders for many years. Nevertheless, the responses came in after five or eight cycles. When we combined it with venetoclax, we're able to get the responses much faster because there's synergy between the two pathways and inhibiting the two pathways, especially in double hit diffuse large B cell, which is a very difficult disease and currently doesn't have sufficient treatments out there with the duration of response that we would like to see. So how do you envision ADCs transforming cancer treatment and and what unique attributes does VIP 943 bring to the table in that regard? Coming back to the ADCs, like I said, we feel that our construct over antibody drug conjugate, where the sum of all parts improves the safety and efficacy of our antibody drug conjugate. As I mentioned earlier, antibody drug conjugates They can cleave nonspecifically. They have permeable warheads. Therefore, they can have bystander effect. And especially in heme malignancies, you don't want bystander effect. You want to hit the cells that express that antigen and kill that cell and not anything around it. VIP943 is a unique antibody drug conjugate where we are targeting CD123, which is an antigen that is expressed specifically on different types of leukemia cells, specifically acute myeloid leukemia and myeloid dysplastic syndrome, BALL, and others. And it's expressed in a very high concentration. So our antibody attaches to CD123, internalizes, then our linker cleaves only intracellularly. So it doesn't cleave in circulation before getting to the cancer cell. It only cleaves inside the cancer cell releasing the payload, which is a kinesin spindle protein that inhibits the spindle formation as the cell undergoes mitosis. It also gets trapped inside the cell. Therefore, it doesn't go into neighboring tissue. And after it kills the cell, it doesn't leak outside and cause all kinds of toxicities. So I think with this construct, hopefully we'll be seeing quite a bit of benefit for patients. We are currently dosing our patients in our second dose cohort very, very pleased with our profile so far. Drug development can be quite challenging. How do you motivate the people around you to do the work they're doing? It is important to have a cohesive team. I'm super lucky to be working with the best of the best. I call it the dream team. I'm also quite humbled that my team has been together for many, many years. Most of my Vincerex team have worked with me at Pharmacyclics, where we developed in Bruvica. Also, a large number of them have worked with me at Acerta, where we developed Calquins. And I'm humbled that we are still together and still focusing on our science. And we always challenge each other 
we try to build a family of people that are united by a common cause, which is doing better for patients. We always try to stick with the four agreements. I don't know if you've read that book, but it's a very important book where you always do your best. You speak impeccably. You don't make any assumptions. And we've been using the concept of the four agreements in our relationship at Vincerex and also trying to use the science to drive us forward as a team. And I am quite humbled with my team's experience and moving forward with Vincerex. Yeah, it's impressive teamwork. Thank you. How do you strike a balance between the clinical aspects and the commercial demands in your role as the CEO of a pharma company? What considerations are essential in developing those therapies that are you're not only going to be effective, but then they're also commercially viable too? Great question. Thank you for that. Because, you know, in what we do, we, again, if you put the patient first and you think of the morbidity of medicine, you ask the question, would you put your mother on that drug? You're always going to be thinking for what's best for the patient. And like I say to myself and to my team all the time is follow the science, follow what the experiments that we have tell us and always challenge the assumptions. By doing that, you're really asking the right questions. And I think, you know, the commercial space is very important because there's no drug that's going to fit all, but you have to design it where it helps specific group of patients. Of course, everybody wants the larger market, but there are ways of developing it where you can have a bigger market and help a lot more patients than a single group of patients. And that's by following the science and trying to position it in the standard of care where it's beneficial for the patients and differentiate it from the standard of care. And that by itself is really important to sort of balance between the commercial, the market conditions, and the drug development and benefit for patients. So in the dynamic landscape of pharmaceuticals and you know, specifically oncology, what trends do you find most exciting or transformative? And how do you see these trends shaping the future of cancer treatment? The FDA has been doing, and all the regulatory bodies around the world has been doing a great job in partnering with pharma and designing ways to be able to have better treatments for patients. For example, cancer patients in the past, you just throw the kitchen sink at them and give them all kinds of chemo and as much drug as you can tolerate, throw it at them. But in today's world with targeted therapies, it is important to find minimally efficacious dose or biologically active dose. So in partnerships with the FDA and regulatory bodies, now there's multiple initiatives that can help getting to more efficacious treatment without the severe toxicities that cancer patients have. Like with chemo, you throw everything, add them, all kinds of toxicities. But now with the targeted therapy, we have to focus on patient benefit without having toxicities that are unneeded and finding the minimally efficacious dose and also allowing early on combinations that are smart. For example, and we mentioned venetoclax and CDK9 that hits two pathways at the same time, allowing you to use hopefully lower doses and therefore less toxicities. So it is important to keep all these pieces together. And in today's world, the collaborations with the regulatory bodies is super beneficial and also helping us to move drugs 
to earlier lines of therapy and therefore more patients, and also hopefully in pediatric indications the same way. That's great. So Dr. Hamby, uh, it's been a pleasure meeting with you today. And thank you for being a guest on Vial's First in Human podcast. The team here at Vial wishes you and your team at Vincerix Pharma nothing but future success. Thank you, Rich. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, and Google. 